This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Want to clarify real quick, our texter on the Salmon Ass text line at 69187 when talking about the potential of a Darren Waller and a draft pick to move up in the draft to go and get Sauce Gardner. And I said, well, it's going to take a whole lot of capital to move up from round three to top ten. And the response was, you wouldn't be moving up from the third round. You'd be giving up picks from 2023 and a top three tight end to move up. Waller is worth a first-round pick. Then give up a few picks in the 2023 draft for the rest. So basically, you would still have your third-round pick, but you're giving up a player and you're giving up draft capital in 2023. And honestly, I know I know how good Darren Waller is. I know he is, and I believe he's a top three, top four tight end in the league. No doubt about it. But you have to remember, you're only as good as the last thing you put out there on film. Last year was a down year because of injuries. He's also 30. He's also needed a big contract extension. Even though he's under contract, we all know that he wants a new contract extension. I don't think, and this is just my my gut feeling, not being disrespectful. I want to make sure I point point that out so it's perfectly clear. I don't think you get a first-round pick for Darren Waller. I don't. And if I'm wrong, cool. No problem. I don't think that that's a first-round pick. I just don't, based off everything I just said. Now, if a team gives up a first-round pick, cool. I mean, hell, the Cowboys gave up a first-round pick for Amari Cooper, and I was shocked. I was shocked. And Coop was younger and healthier. But we all know how dynamic Darren Waller is. <laughs> and again, I don't think that would make any sense to try to move him because that offense with him, Adams, Renfro, even Edwards thrown in the mix or Robinson thrown in the mix could be fantastic. I, I, I think that that would be – I don't think, think that would be a good decision. I, I think that Darren Waller is a guy that you definitely want to keep in the mix because he's that damn good. But again, that's just me. So – I guess to answer your question, I don't think you get a one for him, so you'd have to give up a ton of draft capital, in my opinion. Especially if you think that you're going to make a deep run this year, which I do believe the Raiders can. That that one from 2023 is probably going to be what, 25 or or, or or farther back. I mean, right now they're picking, or they were picking at 22. You expect them to be better than they were last year, right? Yeah. So I mean, that's that's 30. So. Like we all we keep projecting. Let's say if it's 30. Make it to the AFC Championship right, game right. at the best. Right. Who wants that? Who wants the 30th overall pick? Right. It's damn near a second round pick. This year here coming up, you you're at five or six. <laughs> right. Because again, that's hustling backwards. Sauce Gardner is that good. He's going to be a top ten pick. Maybe I, I think he drops to maybe eight, most, and then he's off the table. Yeah. At the most, we're seeing a guy that could be at the latest eighth overall. Right. Hey, but we're gonna trade that pick. Right. For what the thirtieth pick in next year's draft, right? And a thirty-year-old tight end. Come on, guys. I just, I just don't the see draft it. Draft cap. It just doesn't make sense, right? Even the best tight with Travis Kelsey. I don't even think a team, unless they're one piece away, who's trading a first-round pick for Travis Kelsey. Right. No, I agree. I agree. So that that's just so. It's not I, a slight on Darren Waller. Is at what all. I'm trying to say. Yeah, not at all. It's just it's just the nature of the beast. It's the nature of the game. So uh, hopefully that helped answer the question. But thanks for hitting us back and, and, and clarifying what you meant. I do appreciate that. 702-365-9200. Let's go out real quick and talk to our guy, Alan, right here in Vegas. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, guys. I want to jump on that train, too. I don't think Darren Waller would produce 
as well on any other team than what he has with the Raiders. I mean, this this guy was buried on the practice squad with the Ravens. Somebody found him. They brought you know, and Gruden brought him here to be a part of our foundation, and he's been great. He's also been great off the field. But I think if somebody were to trade a first round pick for him, you know what? I, I would take it, but I don't think anybody would do it. Now, what I would do, I would trade for Baker Mayfield. And I would trade a fourth-round pick if the Browns agreed to pay half the salary. I don't mind paying $9 million for a backup quarterback who is efficient as Baker Mayfield. Also gives, gives him a chance to rebuild his, his uh, persona and his uh, NFL career. Maybe he gets a starting job next year. But, hey, I, I, I'll be buying picks for quarterbacks. <laughs> nice. No I got you. Hey, good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you so much for the call, Alan. I do appreciate you, man. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I'm not, I'm not in the camp of of thinking that Baker would be a good idea here. I just don't think that. Um, you know, I think that he's really good when he's got his back against the wall and he has something to prove. But Derek Carr is a quarterback here. It's not, you know, it, if it was someone that was just someone, and 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 then Baker Mayfield was brought in, I would say that guy probably has a chance to to win the job. But in my opinion, it's it's the it's, it's cars it's cars job. So I wouldn't I don't think that Baker Mayfield would be a good option. But you know, there's 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 a lot of different ways to go. Uh, I did get a tweet that I wanted to address real quick, Devon. I know I said I was going to get to cover three, but let me get to this tweet real quick because we we're talking about it. Uh, our guy Quick, he hit me up and said, "Here we go again with 30, 30 plus year old players. How many do you want on one team? Trade Waller now." I'll say this: the pa- uh, not the Patriots, excuse me, the uh, Buccaneers just won the Super Bowl what two years ago. How many over 30 players did they have on the roster? I could look it up, but it was a lot because it was <laughs> just, just like, saying. hey, Tom Brady was just recruiting. Right. Because you want to come play? You want right. to come play? And they won with that. Exactly. I mean, A.B. is not a spring chicken. He ain't, you know, and, and these guys, man, I'm telling you, I know we look at 30 and say, oh, my gosh, it's a over-the-top. No. 30, 30-year-old players, I'm not saying build a team around a 30-year-old. I'm not saying that. But you tell me you wouldn't want Darren Waller on the offense for at least the next two years? At least next two years. I would. I think he's that damn good. Now, I'm not saying go start a franchise with him. And, again, it goes back to my point. Him being 30 is another reason why I don't think he'd get a first-round pick. <laughs> I mean, it kind of It's not because he's bad. It's not because you're looking bad. at a first-rounder, your best-case scenario, 10 good years of somebody right. rather than three great years with a player. Right. No, no, agreed. And if you're a bad franchise, try to take the 10 solid years at least. Right. No, I just, I just don't. I don't think that it's it's an issue. His age is not an issue except for the fact that he's got to get a, a contract extension and he's not going if, if they were to flip him it it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense for some team to give a first round pick because of his age, not because of his ability. His ability is great. Every any team in the league will tell you he's a damn good tight end. Just just got banged up last year. Uh we got a text here. Why are we worried about a backup quarterback when Carr has missed one game in his career? This team needs a cornerback and offensive lineman. And uh, thank you for the text. Um, I think you have to have a good backup. I think it's been proven that you should have a good backup. You never know what's going to happen. I think if you could bring in a backup that even has a, a, a skill set that maybe Carr doesn't have, like, again, in theory, the Mariota package was a great idea. It just didn't, it didn't work very well. There's a, then, lot of, there's a lot of things in history that were great ideas. The execution was just poor. And then to that texter's point, we always you, every every position you should care who the backup is because you're only mm-hmm. one injury away. 
Right. We spend so much time talking about offensive line building. Right. But you hope that you don't have to use the backup left tackle, the right. backup right tackle. But it's good to know if these guys are serviceable players. And same with backup QB. And, and really, the whole conversation started with when we were talking about quarterbacks. It wasn't really, hey, go out and make this move for this backup quarterback. It was more of the fact that Josh McDaniels wants to have homegrown guys. That's what it was really about. And that's where I think I think that's healthy. I really do. I think it's healthy to have a young stud or a guy who, who has opportunity to be a young stud, like DeMond, for example. What we do here every day is radio. DeMond, in my opinion, is a guy who can do a show all by himself. He's not there yet, but I think that he's, he's a guy in the wings that's waiting. And that, like I was when I was a part-time dude. He's like, hey, Q, can you do this? Like I do on ESPN. I do that all the time on ESPN radio. They text me, Q, can you do a show today? Yes, because they know I got the ability to do it. That's the point. You got to have guys that have the ability to be able to come in in a pinch and hold it down for you, right? So if you're going to have a backup quarterback, wouldn't you rather have a guy that you know, hey, I need DeMond. He can hold it down. Or do you want to get, hey, let's go get Joseph, who barely learned how to run the boards. <laughs> and that's not a slight to Joseph. Also, like this is great that you keep mentioning this. Your first ESPN gig, you did it with Jason Fitz. Right. Where, where that's the system. Doing it with someone that you've worked with a little bit before. Right, exactly. So that's why Josh McDaniels bring in some people. They That's, get to know you. They know your system instead of high price backup free agent. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's the point. It's kind of grooming somebody to be that backup. So when, you know, when JT's out, someone can slide in. I got it. I can hold it down for the next two hours instead of, uh-oh, what do we do? You know what I mean? <laughs> or or, or pass, the, pass the baton to someone that you know is going to crash. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever given the keys to your your kid and know that, that, that fool don't know how to drive? I'm just gonna hope for the best. <laughs> what? what? What are you talking about? You giving your? No, I won't do that. Uh, but I'm just saying, like that's that's basically what it is. I know this person ain't ready to drive. But I'm just gonna let him drive anyway. Nah, you, you don't do that. that. That is funny. That kind of happened to me when I was like 13. My dad was like, Pull "Well, the now car that around. explains everything." Yeah, yeah, you say that. And it was like it was like it was like uh, move the car up. Right. And it was just like, well, I'm gonna do something. I've been told to move the car up. Right. I've never been behind the wheel of one of these things. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what happens. Man, and then he had to come stop the car. I was like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know, man. I don't think my mom let me in her car to even ride in the passenger seat without a license. <laughs> my mom was like, keep your behind away from any of my cars. And I mean, in the passenger seat, stay away from that. You got to get a ride. With some, tell your daddy to drive you. I'll meet you there. <laughs> you ain't messing up my seats. Got a text. The 2020 Bucks had five starters over 30. Brady, Gronk, Sue, uh, Pierre Paul, and Levante David. Okay, five starters over 30. So I don't mind the Raiders having Darren Waller, having uh, having Devontae Adams, having whoever else is 30 or close to 30. I don't mind that at all. Okay, to be honest, it'd be Chandler Jones. Right. Derek Carr. Right. And Waller at 30. Right. Devontae Adams, not 30 yet. Not not 30 yet. And won't be 30 till December. Almost the se- Christmas Eve. We learned that the other day. Christmas Eve. Not a big deal. Okay, so the Raiders would be in that same boat. Right. That's my point. Like uh, that that 30-year-old whatever is not a big deal to me. Uh, let's see what else we get. <laughs> Geese mode said, "You're a shrewd businessman, Q." Okay, <laughs> Waller. Next year's one and a two for a true number 24 that shuts down half the field. Okay, let me do that again. Waller, next year's one and two. For a true number 24 that shuts down half the field, being a true lockdown corner, rocking the number 24 like Charles Woodson. If Gardner's that guy, sure. 
Yeah, but I, I think he is. But I don't think I don't think that I don't think that's enough. I don't think it's, I don't think it's enough. enough. I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's enough. Good stuff. All right. I promise you. Well, you know what? Call us. Hit us up. Let us know what you think. 702-365-9200. I know I got cover three on the way. We'll get to it. We got, hey, man, we got till five o'clock. We ain't worried about it. You know, we move and shake. We keep our heads on a swivel. Got more at 330, though. That's all right. We got it, man. Holler at us. It's Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. All right, so this is kind of like a cover three slash caller, texter, tweeter segment. We got Mo Moten from Bleacher Report, also Silver and Black Tonight coming up. Talk all things free agency, grades. We're going to do all things AFC West. So that's going to be a fun conversation with Mo. That's coming up at 3.30. But right now, um, Patrick Peterson. If you want to know Patrick Peterson, he played with the Minnesota Vikings last year. He has decided that he's going to return to Minnesota on a one-year deal. It's funny. He was supposed to meet up with uh, Brian McFadden tonight, and he was supposed to be on his podcast, and it was going to announce it live what time or what, what, what team he was going to go back to. And somehow that that happened, and then it didn't happen, and then it got deleted on Twitter. And then it just got announced by Adam Schefter. He's going back to Minnesota. So Patrick Peterson. Now, Patrick Peterson, back in the day, I might have been excited and fired up and been like, man, I can't wait to see where he's going to go. But Patrick Peterson right now is like, okay. You know what this reminds me of? What? Draymond Green talking to Paul Pierce. You thought you was Kobe, huh? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. They don't love you like that. Right. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, we got a text that says, don't forget, Darren Waller's a young 30. He's only started 46 games in six years. That's not even three whole seasons. That's true. That's true. Obviously, he doesn't have the wear and tear on his body as uh, a lot of players at his age do just because uh, he hasn't played that much. And uh, again, 46 games in six years is is uh, facts. Now, again, let me just put it out there for anyone who's just tuning in to this conversation. I am not for trading Darren Waller at all. <laughs> let me go ahead and put that out there right now so nobody gets it twisted and says, oh, man, I heard Q throwing out a trade report. No, this is in response to a text that we had. I don't think that the Raiders are interested in training Darren Waller, and I don't think that that's something that they should be interested in doing. But because the text came in, the question came in, we'll talk about it. Uh, Jason in Maryland said no to giving up a proven all-pro baller for a DB that might be good. Jeffrey Okuda was supposed to be that guy too. That's true. That's facts. I remember Jeffrey Okuda was supposed to be the guy. The Lions drafted him. He didn't have a very good season. And then he tore his Achilles the next year. Uh, we also got a text about the 2020 Bucks. Uh, not only did they have, what, five players that were 30 years or older, five starters over 30 years old, they also had 10 players who were 25 or younger. 10 starters, 25 and under. Okay. And I just did a quick count on the Raiders roster. Yeah. I'm going I'm to move, move the goalpost a little bit to 26. Okay. But as of right now, including special teamers, the Raiders would have 12 players, 26 and under. Okay. Well, there you go. So, so it's, it's pretty it's, close. The Raiders aren't old. Right. It's right. It's, they're, they're not anywhere close to being an old team. Let's just put it like that. They're not anywhere close to being an old team. They've got plenty of guys that have plenty of juice left in the tank. Uh, by the way, that was my first time to text you guys. and been a listener for about eight months now. Thanks. Raider DJ Tony. Oh, Raider DJ Tony from Austin, Texas. Hey, shout out to the Lone Star State. Keep Austin weird. Hey, man, Austin is San Francisco, but in Texas. That's what it is. When I first went out to Austin, I was like, oh, yeah, I can get down with this. It's a cool city. A little expensive, but I can get down with it. Again, San Francisco, but it's in Austin. Yeah, shout out to DJ Tony, man. I bet you he's holding it down on 6th Street. I bet you he's in any of those, man. Those spots be popping. And then you come out the club, and they've got the little hot dog dude sitting there on uh, on 6th Street. 
And I don't even like hot dogs. I think they're for kids. <laughs> but when you come out the club and you feel some kind of way, whatever food is right there cooking and you can hear the sizzle. You know, you can hear that. You're, you're, you're just going to, hey, just give me one of those. What is it? Who cares? Just give me one. I'll take it. That's funny because Austin, that's like the only city in Texas that I've actually ever been in. One of my good buddies lives out there, so I know what okay. you're talking about in yeah. Austin. Oh, it's popping. It is popping. I uh, got another text. CP3 is old as Yoda, but still solid, so I'm very confident Waller has plenty left in the tank. That's Raider Richie from Arizona. I like that. That's a good text. Appreciate you. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines real quick. 702-365-9200. Who's up next? Tim in San Jose. Tim in the 408. What's up, Tim? Hey, Q. I'm going to hop on this, this Waller talk real quick. All right. Hey, as long as Waller isn't asking for it to break the bank, we got to keep Waller. But let me ask you, you got two extensions coming up. You got Waller and Renfro. Who are you picking? Okay, hey, great call. Great call and great question. It's funny. I actually had that written down in my notes to ask Vinny uh, when we talked to him in the, last, uh, in the last hour, but we didn't get a chance to talk to him very long. His phone was messing up. Um, that's a good question. And personally, with the new regime and how I think – these guys are going to be used and utilized. I, I'm giving um, Darren. Excuse me. I'm giving uh, Hunter Renfro the the extension first. Do you think he's better, or just off of how I you think, think he's going to be, be used more? I think he's going to be used in a way where he's going to be uh, a, a major player in this offense. And I just think that that's that makes all the sense in the world. I think he's going to be a guy that uh, him and Derek, uh, yeah, already have a great uh, chemistry as well. Uh, you know, Darren Waller does as well. But I, I just think that Hunter Renfro, for the bang for your buck, I think you'll get more money and you'll get more out of and Hunter he'll Renfro. Be cheaper. Yeah, he'll be cheaper to a certain extent. Maybe not a whole lot based off some of the some of the uh, Christian wide Kirk. Yeah, exactly. Some <laughs> of the wide receiver uh, contracts. But I think I think Hunter Renfro, with what Josh McDaniels has done in the past with slot receivers, I think that that's. That's the dude. But we've seen also what he's been able to do with tight ends. That's true. He's got a track record. No, you're right. He's got an offense that can utilize a good tight end. You are right about that. You're absolutely right about that. (laughs) Here's another good text. Another fact is Darren Waller isn't even 30 yet. He doesn't turn 30 until the middle of September. All right. Enough about the age. (laughs) All right. (laughs) But, yeah, no, going back to to the call, I do. I think Hunter Renfro probably is going to give you the more bang for your buck. You know, just just because of the offense and the way that I think Josh McDaniels is going to utilize him between Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, and then you got Darren Waller as well. Uh, I don't think you're going to see the year the 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 days of, of Darren Waller going over a thousand yards. I just don't. But I think that what you see between those three guys is going to be amazing, and you don't have to have him go over a thousand yards because you still have running backs that are going to do work as well. <laughs> Uh, we got a text from Big Deuce. Those street dogs are the greatest after night or taking in the evening and drinking. Best ones I ever had was in Tijuana, Mexico. It's from Big Deuce. There you go. There you go. But you don't like hot dogs, though. You said they're I don't, for kids? I don't. They are. The hot dogs are for kids. Nah, I don't really like them that much either. Okay. Then. <laughs> you about to start some mess and you don't even see. Jesus, Q. Man, bashing hot dogs. Can you believe this guy? I am not a hot dog guy. I like hot links. Hey, all day long, you can give me a hot link, but I don't want no hot dog. Them things are for kids. Those things are pacifiers. They're pacifiers for kids. Like, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, here, have a hot dog. You know, go throw a hot dog in the in the in the microwave. It'll take about 20 seconds. You'll be straight. You'll hear the thing pop, pop. It's done. And everyone's like, oh, that's gross. Yeah, exactly. That's why you give it to kids. They don't know no better. Oh, so kids can eat bad food? Yes. Yes. They don't know any better. They just want to eat. They, they don't even they don't even eat because they're hungry. They eat because they're bored. How many times have you sat around the house and you had nothing to do and you just went to the fridge and got something to eat? You're not hungry. You're just All bored. The time, exactly. That's why I hate when kids are on summer vacation. They sit around the house on break instead of being at school, and they eat, and they eat, and they eat. They're not that damn hungry. They eat because they're bored. 
Now Q coming out is anti-snack. No, Can't have a snack. No, Jeez. I'm an- no, I'm anti-kid being at home. <laughs> That's what I am. You know who's the happiest guy ever when school's back in session? This guy. Because there's food in the house after that. Kids eat when they're they're bored. They don't eat because they're hungry. Hell, I do it every once in a while. I'll be at the house and I'll just walk around. I'll be wandering around the house and I'll look in. The wife will say, are you hungry? No. no. It's just a natural reflex. We eat when we're bored. But kids do it all the time. Need to get a damn job. Well, luckily for you, the house is about to be empty, right? (laughs) (laughs) This kid slander. No, Q, I never hang out on 6th Street. Only been there a handful of times. I'm an old dog, although I'm a longtime musician by way of Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, that's what's up. Hey, but Austin's still a fun city. You don't have to hang out on 6th Street. There's actually a block, and I don't know what street it is, and I apologize for that. There's a block where the houses have been turned into bars, and you literally could walk up and down the block, and you could walk into a house. It looks like a house, but it's it's turned into a bar. It's great for day drinking, which when you're my age, that's what you do. You day drink. You don't go out at night no more. You kids are crazy. <laughs> too many of you. There's too much of you running around at night. I need, yeah. to, <laughs> I need to be in the house before the street light comes on. Man, I'm telling you. Just telling you. Hey, man. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you there. You see? Exactly. Coming up next, Mo Moten, Bleacher Report and Silver and Black tonight. He'll join the show, talk all things NFL free agents as far as the AFC West goes. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Just saw this by way of Twitter. Wally, Wally White 2 on Twitter, tweeted, I've waiting, and I think he meant I've been waiting, two hours for you to come on, bro. I'm on the work Wi-Fi with my AirPods in and tuned in to 920 on TuneIn. You know who he's waiting for? Who's that? He's waiting for Mo Moten, who joins us now on the phone lines. And, Mo, you got the man waiting two hours for you to come on the show. If that had been the case, should have put you on the show immediately, man. I should have started the show off with you. My bad. Hey, man, you're slacking, man. You got to get me on early. I should be the first guest. I should have been the leadoff hitter, man. What are you doing? Hey, look, man, there can only be one Ricky Henderson in the world, but uh, hey, you know, you could have you could have batted second. <laughs> so. Hey, I... I'm, I'm totally good with that. Totally good with that. All right. Well, Mo Moten comes to us by way of Bleacher Report. Also comes by way of Silver and Black Tonight. Uh, what, the Mightier 1050 in San Diego? I mean, you and Scott are all over the place, man. Where aren't you guys at? That's my first question. Hey, we, we got to cover all grounds because, you know, Radio Nation is everywhere. So we, we got to be heard in Los Angeles. We got to be heard on the East Coast, all over the West Coast, outside of the country. We, we got to cover all bases. Well, hey, hey, keep it up, man. Keep it up. You guys are doing a heck of a job. We do appreciate you, as always, as Raider Nation does. And I'm so glad to spend a few minutes with you this afternoon just kind of breaking down a piece that I saw you put out on Bleacher Report. And, of course, all fan bases are going to feel some kind of way. But <laughs> I want to look at just the AFC West. Obviously, this division mm-hmm. is going to be a dog. But you and your colleagues put together some free agency grades. And I just want to go through the division real quick. And I want to start with the Denver Broncos. We know they made the big move for Russell Wilson. Uh, obviously, he goes in. And it looks to me like he got an A- minus on the piece that you – or the, not him – but the Broncos got an A-minus on the piece that you guys put out there. Um, what else besides Russell Wilson acquisition uh, gave, gave the Broncos an A-minus in your guys' gradings? 
Well, the fact that they picked up DJ Jones, who I think is an underrated signing, because I felt like the Raiders should have been on him too. Uh, defensive tackle coming over for the 49ers. Pretty much a, a high-quality run stuffer with some upside. So I think they replaced losing Shelby Harris on the inside when they traded him in that deal with Russell Wilson. I think getting DJ Jones was a positive pickup. So that kind of boosted it for me. Of course, the crux of the grade came from, obviously, the trade. But when you look, you look at the totality in the trade, what they got back or what they, what they let go, it, it wasn't like they had to crumble their roster for Russell Wilson. Remember, this is a team that went 7-10 and 10 with a, with a top-three-scoring defense last year. So when you go from a Drew Locke and a Teddy Bridgewater to a Russell Wilson, and then you add a defensive piece on the other side of the ball, and then you add a Randy Gregory, who has some upside, doesn't have a lot of turn in his time. He's been in the league for a while, got into some trouble, but he's turned the corner, has some arthroscopic uh, shoulder surgery this offseason, but should be fine. They got another edge rusher to replace Von Miller now, so that defense could even be stronger now with a top-tier quarterback. So let me ask you this. They have a head coach, and Nathaniel Hackett never been a head coach before. How much does that hurt the team, or does it hurt the team in your guys' uh, estimations? See, that was the factor into the grades being that it's not really safety, but if we're looking at it from a standings perspective, I would say that's the big question mark with Denver. Now, they have a pretty good roster, a balanced roster, as I just explained, but Nathaniel Hackett is the question mark. Also, Russell Wilson was in a new offense last year with Seattle. Even when he was healthy, the offense looked kind of clunky, so he's in a new offense again. So you have a first-time head coach and Russell Wilson in a new offense. It could take some time. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the Broncos are going to win 13, 14 games in a tough division. It's gonna, it may take some time, but I will say – as far as projections are concerned, you don't know what you're getting with Nathaniel Hackett yet, so you have to be you have to pause a little bit on the Broncos hype. Talking right now with Mo Moten here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920, just talking some free agency grades as far as the AFC West goes. All right, so so far Denver gets an A minus. Let's go to Kansas mm-hmm. City. They are everything oh, but man. an A minus. They get a <laughs> D plus, and a lot of it has to do with the Tyreek Hill trade. Just break down the grading for Kansas City. Man, where do I start? Kansas City Chiefs fans aren't happy with me today, but where do I start? No doubt. No I mean, doubt. They, they didn't do much to help their run defense. They allowed the second most yards per carry last year. They re-signed uh, Derek Nandy. That's not going to do much for their for their interior. Uh, they lost their starting quarterback in Traverius. Tyron Matthew, who's probably their most versatile defender, is still on the market. They could resign him, but it looks like he's out of there because they did sign uh, Justin Reed from Houston. So it looks like Ty- Tyron Matthew is out of there. And that, to me, that's a downgrade. As you just mentioned, uh, Tyreek Hill has been traded to the Miami Dolphins. So, to me, their, their defense helped them through a slump last year. A lot of people don't remember this. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is struggling, and that defense helped them. It's not going to help them this year if they don't add some parts to the draft or late free agency. So, to me, it's just they, they got a lot worse than they were when they went into free agency. So, of course, they, gotta, they, they had to have a D-plus there. Now, let me ask you this, because something I said immediately after the Tyreek Hill trade happened, I said, okay, they have a ton of draft capital now. They have a, a lot of salary cap space, and I know the draft is not free agency, but it's still the draft. How much do you think that they may be able to improve their grade of a D-plus right now, uh, even before the draft starts, because they do have all that extra uh, salary cap space? I think they can move it up a full letter grade, because I think what they're going to do is they're going to draft early wide receiver. I just don't think the TikTok king, Juju Smith-Schuster, can replace what Tyreek Hill brought them, that explosiveness. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is more of a possession wide receiver. Hasn't really been the same since Ben Roethlisberger was able to throw the ball. You saw him when he was the number one at the AB left. Wasn't really a special wide receiver. So I think they're going to have to go earlier at the position, and I think they can improve, again, a full-letter grade. But, again, 
these are rookies. You can't really expect them to pop as soon as they come out of out of, the, out of college into the league and the pros. It's going to take some time. Talking right now with Mo Moten from uh, Bleacher Report, talking about his uh, his piece that he put out on Bleacher Report with his colleagues. It's a free agency grades. Also, he does Silver and Black tonight with Scott Goldbranson. They're all over the place here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Demond's got a question for you. Yeah, most sticking to Kansas City, they got MVS in free agency. Does that not move the needle at all? Because I am a little skeptical of a guy who hasn't, he's never had 40 reception in his career being an impact player on another team. And, I, and you're right about that. And the second thing is, he's had some hands issues. He's had some drop issues in his career. Not the most efficient wide receiver. He'll get you a 50-yard or a 40-yard or once or twice in the game. But as far as down-to-down consistency, He's not that guy, and I think he's probably going to be the third or fourth wide receiver on that list because you still have Miko Hartman, who I think could have a big jump behind uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, no, I, I do too, and I've been waiting for Hartman really to take that next step, and it's just it seems like it's been a slow process, but maybe this mm-hmm. is the time that he takes that step. Now, let's move on to the Chargers. The Chargers are getting a lot of love for everything that they did, and they got mm-hmm. a solid A. They got a solid A yeah. from, uh, from you guys, and, and when you guys put this piece together, um, go ahead and break that down, and, and it seems like, again, on paper, the A is solid. But with the Chargers, it seems like there's always something that goes wrong when they have the plan in place. So go ahead and break that down. And I'll tell you what that, what that issue could be. As you said, they were one of the three teams that got straight, that got A's on this, on a consensus grade. So you got to respect it, as Raiders fans know, right. Khalil Mack. I know he had a down year last year with a foot injury, but if he's healthy, he's going to wreck offensive lines. And, of course, they got the cover to J.C. Jackson, a ball hog, 25 interceptions in his first four years. Hard to dispute that. Arguably one of the top uh, free agents on the market. So you have to say that their defense is going to be better. Now, their run defense has to improve. They picked up a couple of guys. They got Sebastian Joseph Day from the Rams, who has experience playing under Brandon Staley. So I, I gave him credit for that as well. The problem is there, there, are, two, there are actually two issues. Do we even know Brandon Staley is that good of a head coach? Now Thank people you. may say now people may say the same thing about Josh McDaniels, but at least Josh McDaniels has some experience. He knows what he did wrong. He can go into it knowing, okay, these were the pitfalls. These were the pitfalls that I have to avoid the second time around. Brandon Staley is a little too aggressive for my liking. Him going on four and on fourth down on his side of the field just kind of worries me that he he believes too much in his offense. He's going to have to rein it in a little bit. We just don't know how good a bad coach he is. The second thing is injuries. We already know about Derwin James' injury issues. Khalil Mack, as I just mentioned, coming off of a, a injury riddle season. We don't know he's on the, going on the wrong side of 30 soon. So is he now on the downside of his career? And Joey Bosa seems like he's always nicked up. So can that can their star defensive player stay healthy? And is Brandon Staley going to change his aggressive manner to rate it a little bit and, and just kind of play to, to the feel of the game and not just go too aggressive all the time? Yeah, I'm so glad you said that about Staley not being that good of a head coach because I'm right there with you. He's a little overrated, one of the newest darlings in the NFL. We can get to that some other time. But with all the weapons that the AFC are amassing on the offensive side, which team do you think has the best of weapons? Because I'm not trying to be biased, but I think it's the Raiders. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's also the Raiders. I mean, definitely not the Chiefs anymore. I, I, the Chargers, when they resigned Mike Williams, I felt like Mike Williams is a little overrated. Just kind of like, I wouldn't say he's on the MVS scale, but he only has one season, I believe, with over, over 50 catches. You know, he had, a, he had a great year in his contract year, but it just seems like he's achieved a little bit. And I don't know if he can sustain that high-level production he had last year. Denver, as far as I'm concerned, I just, I just spoke about that with Russell Wilson being a new offense. It didn't look too clean with Seattle last year. Now, who knows what it's going to be with a new head, with a first-time head coach, new weapons. I, I just feel like the Raiders with Derek Carr and Devonta Adams having that continuity from their collegiate years, 
I think they're going to blast off as soon as they touch the field. And of course, you got you got a double. Uh, you got two man backfield with Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs. You got Hunter Renfro who's on the upswing. You added Demarcus Robinson, who isn't great, but he's great depth. So Darren Waller, of course, who I didn't mention. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him. A lot of people are talking about maybe he's he could be traded. I don't think so. I think they're going to keep that together. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller is going to be huge. Uh, tough to stop in the AFC West. We were just talking about that, Mo. We were just talking about that. I wanted to ask you one more Charger question before I pivot, though, to the Raiders. Uh, how how big is their window, in, in, in your opinion? Because right now, Herbert's on a rookie deal. Their left tackle's on a rookie deal. Derwin James is on a rookie deal. Their linebacker's on a rookie deal. I mean, they've got some pieces that are on cheaper deals, and they've got Khalil Mack, obviously, that just got paid. Uh, they got J.C. Jackson, who just got paid. I mean, they got guys, Mike Williams. How 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 small or how, how large do you think their window is right now? It's hard to say because I believe next offseason they're probably going to wind up paying Justin Herbert. I mean, that's just the mode now. A lot of teams are willing to pay their quarterbacks earlier than wait because as you wait, the price goes up. But once you pay Justin Herbert, guys are going to you know guys are going to be left off the roster because I know people say the cap cap salary salary cap is a myth. I wouldn't say so. You have to work around it. And you have to make some sacrifices, as we've seen this this offseason, a lot of trades. So I would say within two years, if they're not sniffing the Super Bowl, they may have to do some things around Justin Herbert a little differently and might leave off some, some key players. Right, no doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Mo Moten here on uh, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Want to get to the Raiders, man. And so uh, they get a B-plus. They get a B-plus score, uh, which is close to an A, but uh, not quite an A. So why didn't they not get the, the solid A? Uh, I'm speaking for myself, but if I were to poll my my colleagues, I would say it's because of the offensive line. Okay, and I and I would agree with them there. Um, right tackle position or right guard position, whatever position that Alex Leatherwood is not going to play, is still a big question mark. I know they re-signed Jermaine Luminar. He only has 14 career starts. I know Denzel Good is still there, but I believe he's 31 years old, coming off of a torn ACL. I don't know about that, you know. So. There are, question, there are obvious question marks there. And even Dave Ziegler said this, and I got this from Vic Tafer's piece two days ago. He said the Raiders were interested in an offensive lineman, but it went a different way, so mm-hmm. they went a different way. So what that tells you is they wanted to add another piece there, but they didn't because obviously he just said it went a different way. So I'm expecting another addition for the offensive line, whether it's late for agency, or the draft in June, before training camp, you know, somewhere along the line, they're going to have to add another premium piece to the offensive line because they have to protect Derek Carr. Right. No, no, that's facts. And, you know, the one thing for me is that if they don't do that, then they're really ignoring what they've done everywhere else. You know, they've improved the team in a major way, but if you don't improve that offensive line, you're kind of spinning your wheels and not really going anywhere. So I want to hear from you, and I'm not going to influence you. I'm not going to tell you what I would do. (laughs) What do you think that the Raiders should do with Alex Leatherwood? I think he should start at right guard. I've been saying this from the minute he was drafted. I think he really should start at right guard. Because I remember he made a comment saying that it's easy. it was easier for him to transition inside because less space, he can use his size, he can use his length. I know he has the athleticism to move outside, but I just, I just feel like him having that prior experience at Alabama, because he, he did play right guard at, at Alabama. I think that's a better spot for him than playing on the outside. I, I just feel like that's a, that's a better feel for his skill set. And I, think, I still think they should get Daryl Williams, who's, Still available. The Bills cut him for cap reasons. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of experience at right tackle. He had a pretty good year in 2017 and, and I believe 2020 with the Bills, the first year with the Carolina Panthers. But he's a solid right tackle. And I think unless he just doesn't fit what they're trying to do, I, I think they should keep him on speed dial. 
All right, Mo, now I noticed that piece at Bleacher Report, it was a collective effort, but in your opinion, just you, which team had the best offseason so far? Best offseason so far? I would, uh, it's, it's close between, I would have to say, I would have to say Denver. I know Raiders fans are going to cringe when I say that, but it's a quarterback-driven league. And as True. I mentioned earlier, when you go from Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, who are basically not starting caliber quarterbacks at this point in their careers, to Russell Wilson's a nine-time Pro Bowler. I mean, you've got to give him respect for that because they were in on Aaron Rodgers until Aaron Rodgers decided to go back to Green Bay. And then as soon as that trade went down, it seems like an hour later, they pulled the trigger on Russell Wilson, which was a huge surprise because a lot of people thought Russell Wilson was going to stay in Seattle. So this is, again, this is a team that was on the border of hovering around mediocrity. Now they've upgraded the most important position in the game. They're going to be in the mix. So you just got to give them credit for that. They, they made a huge, they, paid, they made the biggest upgrade at quarterback. So to me, they had the best, the best offseason. Of course, they got an A minus because one of our colleagues didn't factor in trades. He strictly went with free agency. Mm. Um, and I will also say there are quite, even though Randy Gregory replaces Von Miller, there are questions because he's never been a full time starter. So handing him, I believe, five years, 70 million is, is a bit of a question mark. So that's why they got dropped to A minus. But me personally, I think. They've had the best offseason. Mo, just got a couple more questions for you. Uh, the Raiders, they made a, uh, they, uh, made a sign-in in free agency, and then they made a trade at the same time. That was Unique Ngakwe. He went to Indianapolis. Chandler Jones comes over from the Cardinals. Now he's a member of the Raiders. W um, what do you think? What is your opinion on swapping those two guys out? Did the Raiders make an upgrade? They definitely made an upgrade. They added they added basically a two time All Pro. Now Ngakwe is pretty good at rushing the passer, no doubt about that. Led the team in sacks last year. There were always questions about his run defense. And as we know, the Raiders had issues stopping the run last year. So I think when you, when you move from an Ngakwe to Chandler Jones, now you're getting a more complete edge rusher, a guy who can rush the passer and stop the run on the outside and contain. So the Raiders needed that. So I think I'm totally fine with the trade. I'm sad to see Ngakwe go. But, I mean, he was familiar with Gus Bradley's system. Yep. Who knows if he would have fit with Patrick Graham and had the same type of production. So I will go with a better player. Do the Raiders need to get a, a safety or a corner, a veteran safety or a corner or both? Well, I, I believe Joshua Daniels already said there was nothing substantial going on with Stephon Gilmore, and that, and that makes sense. They added Rock Yassin. They added Anthony Averett. Uh, Darius Phillips is a lesser uh, cornerback, but I don't think they're going to make any more moves at cornerback. I think they need to add a safety, a guy who's fluid between the safety position and the slot cornerback position because Patrick Graham has had that type of player in previous stops. It was Logan Ryan when he was with the Giants. Logan Ryan would play in the slot. He would also play free safety, also line up in the box. Tyron Matthew can, do, can play all three positions. Smart, heavy player, high IQ player. I think you need to add him, especially if you're going to move Hobbs to the outside because McDaniel said Hobbs has a chance to line up on the outside. So if he, if he vacates that slot position, I would insert Tyron Matthew. I think that immediately upgrades the defense in its entirety. Final question for you, Mo. Uh, we've been talking about uh, quarterbacks. Josh McDaniels had told uh, our, our own Vinny Bonsignor that you know he wants to upgrade the – not upgrade the quarterback, but kind of have homegrown guys and, and build them up in the system similar to what they were doing in New England. And, hey, if they stick and they, they're there, great. If not, they can flip them for someone else or flip them for draft capital later on. Uh, how, how important do you think that that backup quarterback position is? And is there any guy out there that may be a veteran that you're looking at you think the Raiders might want? You always want to you always want to develop because you never you never know when your your star is going to go down. To me, what that tells me is they're probably going to draft a quarterback late in the draft. I don't think I believe it's Garrett Gilbert is going to be the primary backup. I think they're either going to either get a veteran or or draft a, a quarterback on day three. Now, if I'm looking at day, if I'm looking at veteran quarterbacks, I wrote a piece 
It came out this morning. I think they should take a look at Cam Newton. Now, people are going to raise their eyebrows, but hear me out real quick. Cam Newton, the one thing he can do is score touchdowns. When he's inside the 10-yard line, when he's inside the 15, give him the ball, he'll get you a touchdown. Where the Raiders struggled on offense last year? In the red zone. I believe they were 26 in red zone conversions for touchdowns. Give the ball to Cam Newton. Derek Carr's already used to coming off the field because they did it with Mariota last year. So he didn't make a big stink about coming off the field for a more mobile quarterback who can run those own reads. Cam Newton could do it better than Marcus Mariota because uh, he's more durable. I know Cam's had surgeries, but if you look at his history, he hasn't had any major health issues, scored 12 touchdowns when he was with the Patriots under Josh McDaniels. That was the second most rushing touchdowns in his career, fourth most that season. So I think he's bringing Cam Newton not to replace Derek Carr because people like, Derek Carr is going to get extension. Yes, we know that. He is the quarterback of the future. We know that. But get Cam in, in the red zone. He can get you some touchdowns. I think he could be the quarterback version of Zach Crockett, if Raiders fans remember who that was. Ah, yes. The touchdown machine. Yes, yes. sir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Mo, last one for me. How excited for you for WrestleMania? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh man, that was that threw me for a loop. I'm definitely excited. I'm gonna go to a homie's house and we're gonna we're gonna watch it. I, I can't wait to see Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar to go at it. Roman Reigns is the obviously the face of the company. Brock Lesnar has been Vince McMahon's guy, so I'm I'm waiting for that matchup. That's like the Super Bowl of wrestling for people who don't know. So I'm into it, Demond. I understand you're into it, and I'm gonna be excited to watch this weekend. Let me ask you this: since you brought, since you guys are talking wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> What was your thoughts on Will Smith slash Chris Rock uh, situation that happened at the Oscars? Was that also a wrestling scene? Oh, man. I, I got some heat on Twitter for my take on that because I kind of simplified it. I say, hey, people got slapped for laughs. I know people who got slapped for laughing at a joke. But in all seriousness, I, I, with Will Smith, I think it's misdirected anger. I think he's unhappy in his marriage, and he basically took it out on Chris Rock. So it's kind of like you coming home, something goes on at your job, your wife says something, and it, it may not be that serious, but it just pushes you over the top. It's the, it's the, it's the shred that breaks the camel's back, so to speak. And I think that's what happened. You saw misdirected anger play out on stage out there. Was so, so in your opinion, it was real? Yeah, I think it was real. But, but I will say, I will say I'm, I'm sure you know, these, these awards, everyone, they're, they're not really complaining about it because who was really, outside of people who really cared about these award shows, who was really talking about the Oscars before that? Exactly. Not everyone's, not everyone's talking about it, so they like the spotlight. Too. Well, and, and, and to take it a step further, there's actually a piece, and I, I meant to bring it up on the show, that Jada Pinkett's not letting him talk about it on any other talk show until she gets him at the red table, which is conveniently her show. Right. So, so you would think that, I don't want to say a stage, but you would think that Part of it was kind of like, okay, we're going to play this up. We're going to use this moment mm -hmm. now to, to make it a bigger spectacle. And it makes you skeptical when they do stuff like that. Exactly. I'm not buying it. I'm still thinking it's staged. I think, uh, what do wrestlers say? It's that work. It's a work. It's a work. <laughs> it's a work. It was... <laughs> I'm learning, Mo. I'm learning. It's a work. It was Demond a is, work. Mine <laughs> is teaching you well, Q. Yeah, I don't know about that, but yeah, he's teaching me something. <laughs> he's rubbing off on me, and I don't know if that's a good thing, but hey, we'll we'll let him have it. Mo, hey, fantastic stuff as always, my man. Uh, what do you got coming out, man? I know you got many articles you're writing. What do you and Scott got coming up, man? Just let us know all about it. Man, me and Scott may have a big announcement coming up. We'll see how that works out. Uh, we're still going to break. We're going to actually turn the clock forward and look at the draft, Look at because a lot of people are asking, you know, what, what are the Rays going to do now that they've traded their first and second round picks? What are they going to do with the third round pick? Should they go in the trenches? And I have some, I have some strong thoughts on that, and I kind of hinted to it when, we, when I talked to you guys, but 
going to have probably have a short mock draft because there isn't that many picks. Uh, I'm actually going to break down worst picks of the last five years for each team. That's going to be coming out next week. Nice. Uh, we have we have free agency awards, best trades, best signing. Uh, what was it? Uh, best extension. So I, I will just tip my hand a little bit. Two Raiders were nominated for awards. One won an award, and that's going to come out, I believe, tomorrow. Nice. All right. Well, hey, that's in this business, we call that a tease. And, uh, yes. yeah, that, that'll make everyone be on the lookout. And, of course, you can find Mo on Twitter, at Mo Moten, and uh, here with us on Unnecessary Roughness. And, of course, all over the place uh, with Scott Goldbranson, Silver and Black Tonight, uh, Bleach Report, and a whole lot of other places. Just hit his Twitter, and you'll find out where he's at. He's, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's, he's actually working harder than I am, and I know how hard <laughs> I'm working. So, Mo, man. I wouldn't say that. Hey, man, great, st- great stuff as always, <laughs> brother. I appreciate you taking some time for us this afternoon. All right, man. You and Demar the best. I appreciate you guys. All right, no doubt about it. Good dude right there, man. One of the best in the business. Mo Moten. Uh, he he provides the the intel. He he does it on on uh, digital. He writes it. He talks it. He walks it. I mean, he's a good dude. The only thing wrong with him is he likes avocado smoothies. Oh yeah, that's a ooh. I like a nice green smoothie to feel healthy. But that's a little too much. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I I have been uh, drinking this uh, AG one, and it's by Athletic Greens. I just found out today that I've been calling it the wrong thing. And what have you been calling it? Athletic Greens. But That's the company, though. Yeah, I know, but it's it's called AG One. Okay. And it's so you get your greens in you, and it's just a you mix it with twelve ounces of water. It's really good, right? Is this a new sponsor on the podcast? Yeah, or yeah, 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 it yeah. is. And it's, they sent it to us, right? And so I was like, well, damn, I guess I gotta try it because I gotta talk about it. And I was very skeptical because I'm looking at it's green. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be gross. And I did be just foul. The wife's like, no, I think you'll like it. I was like, do you no, eat I vegetables? You I do. Like, you sound like a kid right now. Yeah, I know. Hey. I know yeah. Well, it's you know, yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So no, I, I, it didn't look very good at first. And I tried it. And I was like, oh, oh, this is pretty good. So now I drink it every morning. And the days that I forget, because every once in a while I will forget to do it in the morning. I'm like, oh man, I didn't have my greens this morning. Like I'll feel not, not bad. Like my body won't feel bad. I'll just be like, I forgot to get my greens. It's not good. It's like me not grabbing the energy drink. Like, oh my gosh. I don't have an energy drink. Something got, good for your body and then something right to, after. Hey, look, man. I, hey, man. You know, can't be perfect, brother. Can't be perfect. <laughs> we all have our vices, dog. <laughs> we all have our vices. 354 is the time. Many thanks to Mo Moten. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, kicking off our number three, we're going to actually have a little bit of sound from Dave Ziegler uh, from the owners' meetings. We, we gave you some of the sound yesterday. We'll give you a little bit more coming up next. Plus, we'll take your calls and texts. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.